Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, the man responsible for Matt Cardona winning the AIW Absolute and Intense Championship, Charlie Butter. Justin Summers is here? This is all his fault. No. I didn't do anything. You're the one. Oh, why are we not getting anything with a story? Why are we blowing this match in Akron? I'm I'm blaming you and Summers both, honestly. Summers for actually wanting this to happen, and you for uh, being tempted on pushing a story story for the title more than one show. Do you just want matches like gcw every show because that's been pretty fucking boring if you ask me i, I agree that i want storyline but you wanting a storyline giving up matt cardona fucking champion that's not true it could have been anybody else they chose cardona i didn't choose cardona yeah but it wasn't anybody else it was cardona i'm blaming you anyway i don't give a shit <sighs> i'm gonna punch you in the face uh yeah and if things go according to plan you'll have a lot more opportunities to punch me in the face uh-huh You'll start getting paid for doing so, which is yes. kind of weird, actually. I was going to go with I'm the, the Brownie Sunday of wrestling podcasts, but you fucking ruined that. So, uh, Considering the drop-off into Brownie Sunday, I figured that went too far. That was going too far. Oh, okay. Blaming me for Cardona winning isn't, but but the Brownie Sunday was too far. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be first the Brownie Sunday like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure one of those things is way worse than the other, so... You chose the way worse one, by the way, you fuck. So, yeah, AIW was a blast. Yeah, it, that show is now available on demand on IWTV. Go check it out. AIW One Step Ahead. Which I named. Hey, tight. And you don't want to say that it's not your fault. Okay. Everybody is blaming me for everything. They blame me for the the seating. They blame me for Cardona winning now. Like You just keep blaming me for all this stuff. Like I had the say in every single bit of it. I just threw ideas out. It's not my fault that they use these ideas. And to be fair, every time it was ever discussed about them blowing this match at Akron, it was always discussed after with Summers that he would win the belt in Akron and then they would do a rematch later on. So that was all his call to. He kept saying that was going to happen. And it's what's ha- what happened so far. So Really, it's more his fault than it is mine. Yeah, I wanted a story, and that's fine, but I didn't specifically say what kind of story. He literally laid out the story right there. So, I mean, I guess, honestly, the real story there is that PME was 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 turning. So, Yeah, PME, no longer on the fan side. No longer good allowed- times and good vibes, man. It's, it's all bad vibes. It's weird. It's like I know they've been on a little bit of a losing streak lately, and they lost the main event on Saturday. But at the same time, like we'll get into it in a minute when we go over what's on IWTV. But they've got a shot to get the boat back on Friday. You oh. would think they would wait until after that match if they were going to snap like that. Maybe they were stacking the deck to get the belts back. Get out the tune and I, find I, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say it makes sense if they're going to attack somebody. They're obviously going to attack Bishop, but that's been brewing for months. It's just the fact that they helped Cardona, of all people, win that belt. What's on IWTV? All right. So Tuesday, October 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Action Clash 56. 
And then Thursday, October 7th at 8 p.m., the return of Uncharted Territory, Season 3, Episode 1. And let's take a look uh, at what actually is going to be on this show. Because uh, I was taking a look earlier, and there's some interesting stuff. So it looks like this season we're getting a tag team discovery gauntlet. And it's going to be the main event of Jay Lyon and Midas Black going up against 9 to 5, Jack Verville and Lewis Linden. Really interesting, actually. Yeah. And uh, we also got Manders versus Chris Dickinson, um, Trisha Dora and the Kings of the District going against C- Club Cam, and uh, Killer Kelly and Alexander James against Matt Mikowski and Masha Slamovich, and the main event being Alex Shelley versus Daniel Garcia. So that's, yeah, that's that, a hell of a return show. Yeah, that Shelley-Garcia match is, is really interesting. Shelley got the big match coming up on Friday, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. Uh, Garcia been on a roll in AEW actually, like well gone to different independents. Like that, that match could pick him. Like that match could literally go either way, and either guy winning would make a cunt. Yep. And following that up at ten thirty uh, is extremely serious wrestling champion kinda. And then Friday, October eighth at seven p.m. Eastern, IWTV Untitled. And there's lots going on on this show, uh, including what we discussed earlier with the. AIW Tag Team Championship match between Rip City Shooters, Josh Bishop and Wes Barkley against the Philly Marino Experience. Um, let's see what else do we have on here? There's all kind. There's all kinds of great stuff. Uh, the full list is up on the IWTV website. Um, also on here, Action Wrestling Championship, Eric Royal, the champion, going up against O'Shea Edwards. Uh, Camp Leapfrog Championship, Avery Good Wrestler versus the World Famous Cheeseburger. And, of course, like we said, the IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship, Wheeler Yuta, the current champion, going up against Alex Shelley. And, again, you look at that IWTV title match. Again, Wheeler Yuta on a roll in AEW right now. Alex Shelley has been one of the best in the world for a long damn time. And, again, it's very interesting how that's going to play out. And then, let's say Shelley wins the title, but he loses to Garcia at Uncharted Territory. That could get Garcia up for a future shot down the line, too, where... Even if Garcia beat Shelley, could come up for another shot down the line. There's all kinds of th- ways that could play out over those two days. You know, Everything Alex, Alex Shelley's together. been back doing stuff, but he hasn't been to AIW, and that's kind of where he really started regaining his footing on the indie scene. And I'm kind of bummed he's not back in AIW already doing stuff. So it'd be nice if he could I'm show sure back up. Uh, let's see. Friday. No, that, that, that can idea if it, that, if that, if that comes true, I will give you credit for rather than blaming you for it. Oh, shut up. Uh <laughs> Friday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Pacific, West Coast Pro Wrestling No Leaf Clover, which uh, will feature Daniel Garcia against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, the West Coast Pro Championship, AJ Gray, the current champion, going up against Davey Richards, and Alex Zane going up against Hammerstone. Yeah, so. And I know there are a lot of people that have issues with Davey Richards, and I get it, but Davey Richards has been on fire and he come back. Yeah. He hasn't had a bad match yet. He worked with a lot of younger guys and had really good matches with them yep. and been putting guys over as well. So I'm looking forward to that match. I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but I think that's going to be fantastic. I don't think it's that many. I think a lot of people had an issue with him not showing up to bookings, but he's been very good about that since coming back. So that's kind of something that you really can't hate on him for now. So. It's in the past. Uh, Except for that one night when Ian Rotten told him, bring your kid. What do you mean you got to watch your kid? Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, and the last one is Sunday, October 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, Empire State Wrestling, fourth in gold. Uh, on that card, 
Daniel Garcia against Davey Richards, Bill Collier against Ace Romero, MSP versus Two Infinity and Beyond. Uh, lots of good matches on there. So lots of good stuff coming up this week. Yeah, I, I get a lot, but if you have a conclusion on TV and you cannot find something that you're interested in, you're doing it wrong. All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, let's get through this review real quick. Our guest that we were going to have this week, unfortunately, couldn't make it. Um, we tried to reschedule uh, twice and it just kind of didn't happen. So we watched a show. We're going to go through it a little bit here, um, kind of give some thoughts. It wasn't something we normally watch. Not something either of us are exactly fans of, um, but we're going to go through it and uh, we'll kind of make up, make it up to everybody next week because we will be having the boar on. I just spoke with them. We set it all up. So the boar will be here next week and we're going to review a show we've never reviewed before from a company we've never reviewed before. So it should be a lot of fun. The card looks really good. So let's get into the review. The weekly review. Okay, and our show this week, No Peak Underground Gauntlet of Death 3 from the Cow Bar in Orlando, Florida. This is one of their No Ring Deathmatch shows. And you know how much I love those. Uh, you're, you're, you've been historically more into deathmatches than I have. You can imagine how I felt going through this show. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I've at least been a fan of deathmatches at some point. Um, I understand you're not really, so yeah. The fact that A, this is a deathmatch show, and B, there's no ring uh, is just not great for either one of us. He, he, we got hit with a double whammy of things we don't really care for. <laughs> at, least there, at least it didn't look like there were any little kids getting front row at this one. So that, that, uh, that can advantage. This is true. Well, let's get into okay. it. Uh, first things first, I think uh, this is my, my number one positive. I absolutely love the production values of this company. I think that their editing and the promo stuff they threw in and all the video um, graphics, everything was top notch, um, better than a ton of companies out there today. Um, commentary was serviceable. I didn't think it was like the greatest. It wasn't the worst either. It was just serviceable. There were some things where I just kind of like wasn't a fan of, but they did a good job for what they were working with here with these no ring shows. So. Um, that's my two top positives. Uh, my number one negative is I don't like no ring shows, so I don't like this stage setup. I think it's just, I don't know. It's not really wrestling to me. If there's no wrestling ring, I think it's like a sideshow type deal, which I mean, wrestling's an art. So this, I mean, I, I, and I, I preach that all the time and I say, you know, wrestling's an art. This is definitely a different form of art. I'm not a huge fan of this form of art, but I did watch, uh, a bit of this so that's all i got to and, say so far <laughs> right, one positive i'll give about the production here is uh throughout the show ryan fox comes again and does a little brief hype job for whatever the next match is going to be yes but you've got because they do give you a little bit of the backstory as they're going through it and granted it's largely time killer but it did air live because they're trying to clean up the area best they can between each match got that part of the reason they're doing it but it does help get in, get you invested in what's going on yeah, I mean that's um, that's one of the things I like. I was saying I, I really liked is these um, intermittent cuts for that. Uh, it flowed. It helped it flow a little bit better than I thought it would have. Um, so that that really helped out and everything like that. Like I said, the graphics and everything made it all look at, like top notch. It was all very well done. So, so our opening match is Kata versus Ty Hill, 
And we actually got some chain wrestling at the start here. Yeah. And I thought, okay, okay, we got some chain wrestling to start. Maybe they'll actually just do, yeah, they'll do some just no some no ring matches before they start getting into the hardcore stuff. And that lasted about four minutes, maybe. Uh, we get some chop, and the crowd is so, in, so wanting violence, they start chaining that weak on the chop. <laughs> they can double underhook DDT. Remember, everything they're doing either on a stage or on concrete. Going to head drop is just kind of cringeworthy. Uh, one neat spot, they cut up a door over two chairs. He'll actually jump off a two-fan shoulder, like a corkscrew Kenton. Yeah, that and was that actually one, pretty and, cool. And, of course, that wasn't even the finish. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say that a lot here. I'll try not to. <laughs> Take a drink every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, honestly, you'll be so fucked up by the end of the review, you won't even remember we did this show. It'll make it much better. <laughs> Uh, we, we've got Dork and Light Tube being cut up. He'll dunk a double knee off the stage through that cut up for the pin at 10.50 kick. I mean, they're actually kind of fun, but there's nothing left for anybody else to do. They've already bumped out the Light Tube, get the opening fucking match. But wait, there's more. Yes, there is. Uh, the No Peak Underground champion, Paro, come out to the ring. Uh, they are in... I can't ring, goddammit. I got to have it. They present him with a new championship belt that he had just brought the title home from 440. Neo Diamond Cutter comes out because he doesn't care where you come from, whether you're gay, straight, whatever. We're all built the game, and he wants that belt. And that's our next match, Paro defending against Neo Diamond Cutter. Uh, I'll, I'll give Neo Diamond Cutter bonus point for not only the clever name, but also actually having the ball come to, the, to come out to the area with Sweet Caroline. Who, who else going to fucking do that? Is this your first time realizing that you've seen Neil Diamond Cutter? I know I've seen him at least once before, but it's not it's not a guy I see an awful lot. Okay. And I and I don't think I've and I and I'm trying to even remember if I've even seen a gentrin come up and deal with already in the ring. But of course cutter is thrown into light tube before the referee can actually officially start the match. So they've already busted out the light tube and the match hasn't even started yet. They bring out the staple gun. Uh, one of my notes here is the cutter opero money. Imperial's been beating the shit out of him like throughout, throughout the entire match. It's not a total squash. Cutter does get a little bit of offense in, but it okay, probably 70% Paro in this one. Yeah. Uh, some people that I presume work for the ring crew got up a bed of barbed wire while Paro and Cutter are brawling. And honestly, like at that point, I'm like, okay, they're just too obvious that they're going to be using this for the next spot. Like, why are people getting this shit up? Right. And of course, Paro choked them Cutter through that structure to get the pin. 10 minutes and 18 seconds. I think that was the coolest thing in the entire match, too, though. Like, that's the, the one big thing I really remember about that match. But that's one of the things, though. If you want it to look like a fight, you don't want it to be obvious that they're cooperating. Don't have people cut the shit up for them. Or at the very least, have one of the guys go, hey, grab that. Put it over here. And there was none of that. It was just, oh, about time for the finish. Let's go ahead and grab that thing. From there, we have Kevin Giga against Jimmy Lloyd. And they, they, they did play a... Uh, make a commentary does a nice job of acknowledging that Geek doesn't do a ton of death matches, and Lloyd is pretty much a death match legend because that's basically your story here. Yeah, yeah. Geek does a decent job, but he just can't hang with the legend. Uh, they did do a, a stage where they exchange big move and kick out for one count. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you can't do one count. That's disrespectful. But in a show like this, there shouldn't be one count. There's no wearing. There's a good shit ton of weapons. You're, you know, you're fighting on concrete. Stay down for two. Minor nitpick. Ginka does get a nice tornado DDT in, but that can really hit one bright spot. Lloyd gets the pin, a flash mountain off of a stage, onto door for the pin, seven minutes and 47 seconds. And then some guy, just like Ronald McDonald, come out and attack Lloyd. Apparently, this is the YouTuber Raka Raka, who I've never heard of and don't care to look up. 
He attacked a different a, boy. Did he? I don't. I oh. call some guy in a clown costume going, why should I care? And like, they're oh, no, YouTuber. I don't fucking care. No, no, no. Who did he attack? Lloyd. Yeah. Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd's name is the a different boy. They call him a different boy. You must not pay attention to commentary. Okay. I, I, I was tuning everything out at this point. <laughs> I looked in long enough to find out who this dude fucking was. And like, I don't even care enough to look it up. I, I try to be hip on the YouTube stuff. But that one's just, I don't care. I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm talking about Jimmy Lloyd, dude. Jimmy Lloyd. He's a different boy. It's part of his music. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Like I said, I was tuning. You, you, know, you don't pay attention to commentary. I really wasn't. I don't even listen to the theme. You can half the time looking something I recognize. So, okay. We get a promo from Kit Osborne. Apparently he was injured on a show not too long ago and he's blaming the company for it. So he's acting for the footage to be released or he's going to release it himself. And to prove his point, he's like releasing other footage from other shows. So he got back to the library. That apparently does come into play later on. Uh, we then get a video with Kiki Katal where she's burning a picture of some other people. I'm assuming there are people in this match. I didn't pay that much attention. I was confused. Uh, we do get the next match in a fatal five way women no ring death match. The aforementioned Kiki Katal. Taking on Chelky Durden, Kelky Reagan, Kennedy Copeland, and Foyer Wreck. You you don't have a ring. You don't have that big a floor and a staging area. There should not be five people in one fight. You, you, you can't. There's not enough room to do anything with it. No. And pretty much, I pretty much I wrote that in my note commentary and said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, one thing I did laugh at and the re-announcer and trying to introduce Corey Rex because he, he doesn't have her info because she hates him and threatens to kill him every time he talks to her. <laughs> oh, I like her already. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Rex brings out a cringe and that drunk a you kick fuck chant. Because they don't have any room at the actual staging area, they're brawling over to the bar. Uh, crowd starts chaining over here at one point. Apparently, they have a death wish. Uh, I'll, I'll, here's another uh, positive credit for production here. They did a very good job of actually following everybody and making sure you could see everything. A lot of times when they, when at these shows, when they brawl into the stands like that, like you have a hard time seeing everything no matter what they do. I'll give them credit for that. Katal at one point trying to do a double bulldog onto a door, but there's absolutely no momentum on it. So not only does it not break, but it doesn't look like it, it could have broken an egg. Uh, we do get the finish of Brynn and Kirk interfering and pulling Katal on top of Rec for the pin, 10 minutes and 8 seconds. Most of these matches are falling in that 10 minute range as well. Like getting to the point you got to go, okay, when the finish is based on how long the match is at. Right. From there, they don't even get a chance to clean up the area. Wolf Taylor comes out with a microphone. He he understands that why Kid Osborne hijacked the show, but nobody wanted to even work for No Peak Underground until they started airing on IWTV. I'd say that's probably true for a lot of promotions. Oh, you're on IWTV? Yeah, I'll work for you. And then the issue can open challenge. And his opponent ends up being Wild Rift Geekrent. Uh Picture Ryan Geekrent, uh dressed up like a cowboy. I think that's pretty much what they're going for here. This match I is don't pretty much just this the... at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this match you, you didn't miss much. It's basically a squash match. Taylor dominate. Geekrent go for a clean blade. Can't hit it. Gets thrown through a door for trouble. And then Taylor's kind of yanked on his fake until they until Geekrent gave up. Only lasted like three minutes and fifteen seconds. You missed nothing here. You took one of your infamous mid-show nap and missed the entire match. No, I was on my phone most of the time, actually. I, I didn't nap during this entire thing. I was awake the for the entirety of this show, I promise. Because I started it, I had my lunch as I was watching the beginning. And then after that, I was on my phone and I would 
pay attention and then I'd go back to my phone and I'd go back and pay attention and go back to my phone. So I must have been on my phone for two minutes during this match. And we then go into the most interesting match on the lineup. Probably the main reason to watch this show is Mickey Knuckle against AJ Gray. This is my favorite match on the show, although that doesn't say a whole hell of a lot. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they start off by trading shots, then they start trading light tubes. Mickey Knuckle headbutt a fucking light tube into AJ Gray. Several times like before played- it breaks. Like she then she it, grabbed her battle act. She like did it once right. and it didn't break. So then she like had to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the spot. You got to got to do the spot. And then at one point she takes her battle act or digging it in the gray forehead. You know, people, people questioned Levi Everett with the pitchfork at Ruckle Rager. And here we got somebody using a fucking battle act. Like the pitchfork was fine at that point. <laughs> different promotion, different idea. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mickey Knuckle challenging KJ Gray to get down the chain straight. So they do that for a while. I want to know what this show budget actually was, but they had to have gone through thousands of dollars of light tube at this point. We're about two hours into the show and every magic had like dozens of light tube. I actually did I actually did get distracted a little bit. I missed the finish, but AJ Gray gets the pin ten minutes and thirty seconds. My guess is because they don't have to rent a ring, uh they probably use the ring rental money on light tubes. That very logical. Very possible. And then we have the main event. It is Gauntlet of Death 3. It is seven men, no ring, gauntlet rule. That can very long. There's a lot of really cranky stuff done throughout the match. It starts off with DMP and Jake and Gory. Gory, I do like. I'm gl- actually glad to see him getting you know, getting out, getting complacent again. I feel like his name hasn't come up a whole hell of a lot lately. Uh, DMP got uh, uh, a crowd surfing Tornado DDT on the Gory. Pretty neat spot. Then he jump go up to the balcony, gonna drop you a chair to drop an elbow and miss it. Gory hit the package tombstone. Duncan go for the cover. Why not? Like you're already like the entire point of the package tombstone is that you're already in the penny position. Stay on him. Make him kick out. Uh, Gory does get a meat hook against the chin lock for the commission in six minutes at twenty seven seconds. That brings out Remington Roar. He avoids a couplex through a door by couplexing Gory onto the stage from the floor. And then he ends up putting Gory through that game door to get the pin that we're at 1235 at that point. Randy West at the next one out and Roar is being pretty dominant here, running power claim through the door at one point. Uh, West at one point just throws some light tubes to Roar for him to catch, then kick them into a fake after he catches them. Uh, Roar hit a double chicken wing fake claim into a door. That's, a, that's not even the finish. That's two shot. They start busting out pink a glass because there aren't already enough shit out there that they've been using. West kicks roar into the pane of glass it doesn't break the crowd starts chaining twisted dick and they're a bunch of kick motherfuckers and we get a baseball slide from west that does put roar through the glass and then a light tube elbow off the stage west pins roar at 2054. Braden kirk is the next one out he basically gets the shit kicked out of him for about two minutes before he gets a quick roll up in to eliminate west bam sullivan is the next one out he's dominant for the for several minutes Kirk actually grabbed a light tube, like, placing it against Colvin's mouth and just pulled back until the light tube bust. That was uh, that looked fucking sick. Yeah, that was gross. Kirk kept up a door, kept it on fire. For some reason, pouring water over himself so he can get pushed into the door. Yeah, and the, the commentary tried to cover that, saying he went and got another thing of lighter fluid, but you could clearly see him, like, pour the water on himself before, you know, he got pushed into the door, which was yeah. already pretty much out by the time it happened, so. Yeah. Credit commentary for trying to make sense of that, but again, it looks it looks obvious that you're that you're cooperating at that point. Right. We know you are. 
Like we know it could work. We know you're cooperating. Just don't make it look obvious. Uh, Neil Diamond Cutter eventually come out, take Kirk down with a cutter, Plank and Sullivan on top for the pin. We're at 34 minutes and 29 seconds at this point. And then the mystery entrant coming in last. The mystery entrant always comes in last in one of these. Adigat Kogar, member of 440. So remember, the big story here is that the boat is finally off of 440. They're no longer in the title picture. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Kogar just kind of casually working over Sullivan. He, you know, being real methodical about all of his offense, which is fine. Yeah, Sullivan at this point been in there over 10 minutes. The story here is that Sullivan will not stay down no matter what Atticus does to him. Again, perfectly fine story. I'm definitely okay with that. We get multiple tables stacked up. Kogar gets a low blow. Uh, you can get late tube to low blow Sullivan, hit the headlock driver, gets the pin, 44-38, the entire time of the thing for start, for start to finish. So, again, the story ends up being 4-4-0, finally lost the boat. Oh, wait, the number one contender right off the bat. Like, that, not even teasing that there might be something else going on with it. And then after that, Marcus Crane runs out through, kind of gets Kogar through the stack of tables that had not gotten used during the actual fight. So, main event was very long. There was some good stuff in it. I was just completely numb to the whole no match, the no ring death match concept at this point. Yeah. This show is almost three hours long. If you're into this kind of thing, this is probably your, one of your favorite shows ever. I'm not into this kind of thing. I, it's just, it's hard. I actually think I took a lot of notes, all things considered, because I'm completely numb to this at this point. I'm going to go ahead and give this a thumbs in the middle. I'm not going to say it's a thumbs down because everybody did work hard. There was a lot of interesting stuff in it. It just wasn't my thing. Um, so I'll give it thumbs in the middle. Um, I know they do ring shows, so maybe we'll do one of those down the road and we'll see how that looks um, and, and see if that can, uh, you know, get them a thumbs up. I think thumbs in the middle of a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned the production. The production was great. Commentary serviceable. And guys worked hard. There is some really cool stuff that I pop for over the course of the show. It's just it's three hours of death matches. When you're already not a deathmatch fan, three hours can cut a lot to freaking get through. But but like I said, if you're into this kind of thing, I think you'll enjoy the show. Yeah. So if you like if you like deathmatches, load the cup. I think you'll enjoy it. If you like no ring shows, load this up. This is uh definitely one of the best no ring companies out there i'll give them that like i said the production's out outstanding um commentary is you know serviceable pretty decent um they have a hell of a cast of characters uh with who they have there uh, lots of people i i know and enjoy randy west you know is on there that's awesome uh, she's fucking tough as nails uh you know i enjoy atticus coger i like i like a lot of the, the people on there aj gray and mickey knuckles had a had a pretty serviceable brawl serviceable brawl and uh yeah so you know it was it was when i saw that on paper i was like man that match is just interesting so and i think that's why the our guest was gonna pick this anyway was because of that match so and you know i i went in with my expectations very low and they they did you know kind of go above and beyond those but it's you know i'm still not 100 percent sold on that kind of thing so I'm not going to go, you know, enthusiastic thumbs up on it because it's not something I, I really enjoy. But it was, you know, if, if you enjoy that, yeah, it's all you. So, yeah, yeah like I did. There was there was enough good on the show that I can't go thumbs down. Right. There wasn't anything I, that was just like brutally bad on it or anything. It was everything that was laid out there was, you know, what you would expect from this type of show. It's just not in our wheelhouse. That's all it is. Yeah, I, that's it. I, I, just, I just, I can't get enough into death matches. Give it a thumbs up. If I, 
Yeah, maybe, maybe if it was 1999 and I was still in college and drinking a lot more than I do now. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm only kind of half joking there when I say that, but like, yeah, I probably would have enjoyed this a lot as a, as a college kid going out having fun with friends. Oh, look at the creaky shit they're doing. Right. Like, I think being there live would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, for a show like this, but like watching it on TV is not as nearly as interesting. So. But yeah, you can check them out. Right. Uh, no Peace Underground. Um, I know they, they've been doing stuff for quite a while. They're, they have a quite a catalog on IWTV. So if you like death matches and no ring shows, check them out. Uh, you got any plugs this week, Jayhawk? Uh, this week, not too much, actually. The, the usual, you can follow me on Twitter, at RefJayhawk. The Instagram account, Jayhawk1539, assuming it's back up and running by the time this comes up. People are pissed about that for some reason. Uh, it's, everything's been working for like the last hour, dude. I... Yeah, how often I'm on the Instagram. Yep. Had no clue. Yep. And then you uh, uh, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. I'll go ahead and plug Mega Championship Wrestling. They do their training turmoil show on the, uh, live on their Facebook page every Tuesday night around 8.15. They start the account. I'm going to be refing some of those here and there. I'm not going to be doing every show. But I'll be kind of doing probably one or two of those every month. So check them out. They basically just do, uh, they're basically training matches for their students, but they're trying to give them an audience to get it up. Get some of the characters over before they get used on the on the regular show as well. Go check those guys out. All right. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, If You Catch My Grift, and At Odds with Wrestling. Check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Talk to you next week, everyone. Running away from you takes time and pain. I don't even want to. So I'm getting high all week without you. Popping pills, thinking about you. Running away from you takes time and pain. I don't even want to. So I'm